Amos 2, verses 4 and 5. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they have rejected the law of the Lord and have kept not his statutes. But their lies have led them astray, those after which their fathers walked. So I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the strongholds of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So Amos has turned to his own homeland today. So as we, you know, if you haven't listened to the first episode of the Amos series, um, uh, Amos is a Judean kind of farmer, shepherd, prophesying in Israel. So yesterday he spent, you know, he was kind of pointing around the map, like the Ammonites, the Edomites, Damascus, like kind of working the way around the judgment wheel. And so I think one of the really interesting things that we'll really get to tomorrow, but we're starting to get to today is that, you know, this, this random prophet kind of comes into town and he says he has a word of the Lord. And so, you know, you imagine some people are listening and he starts talking about Damascus. He starts talking about the Ammonites, all these enemies waging war against each other, waging war against Israel. And, you know, I, I would assume and get the sense that, his audience would have been like, yeah, okay. I like this guy. I like Amos. Um, and here he turns towards Judah. So he's talking about his own homeland where Uzziah is king. Ironically, Judah is actually a more righteous nation than Israel and mm-hmm. that the judgment on Judah is actually going to come a decent amount of time after the judgment on Israel but nonetheless, it is a sinful nation, um, and you know if you read through uh, books like First and Second Kings, uh, you'll find that there's wicked king, good king, good king, wicked king, wicked king, good king. You know, it's kind of like this uh, weird binary code of good kings and bad kings. Mm-hmm. But even in the good kings, it'll say things like, "But the high places remained." So these places of idol worship remained. And so very rarely does a king come along who really tries to holistically pull the kingdom back in to pursuit of Yahweh. And so that seems to be what we're talking about here. And I I think another interesting thing before I shut up and get out of your way, Greg, I think another interesting thing is this, uh, this sort of rhythm for three transgressions of blank and for four, I will not revoke the punishment. You know, I for a while that was a really confusing thing because that's actually a little that that's kind of a motif in the prophets of the bible Mm -hmm. and basically i used to think that he was saying for three actually never mind for four i'll punish you but really it's for three and for four so three plus four seven you know the biblical number of Mm. like completion and holisticness and so basically what God is saying through this little stutter step of for three and then for four, for three and for four, for three and for four, it's this idea of like holistic, pervasive sin mm-hmm. and, and wickedness and, and injustice in these countries. So the people are, if I don't stop talking, they're going to turn off this podcast, Greg, but they really <laughs> want to know what, what is the great Greg Conley, the con man think about uh, Amos two, four through five. So I think that I think that you bring up a good point um, when you talk about the audience 
you know, listening to it, I was probably like, oh yeah, man, the Edomites yeah. are gonna get it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I like this prophet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he switches and he just like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like lead in and be like, okay, now I'm gonna ch- switch gears, guys. He just keeps going with the same motif and all of a sudden he says Judah. And you can imagine sort of the faces in the crowd being like, I'm sorry, did he say Judah? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. And I think that what I think about what follows is, you know, when I think about when we read the Old Testament, you read about the Israelites. There's a tendency to be like, these people just cannot get it together. Like, what is wrong with these Israelites? But truthfully, if you're, as a Christian, you should be reading this going, like, that's us. Mm. We are the Israelites. Mm. Like, this is not a, this is not a, a, a looking at how people screw up so you can see like how much better you are. This, you should see yourself in the Israelites. Like, I make these same mistakes. I make these, you know, I'm, I'm just as, as faithless. No, we're not, you know, we don't have high places anymore. But the, I think to me as a, to me today, I, I read this as a as a stark warning, mm-hmm. um, where this this brings us back to the focus back onto the holiness of God. You know, mm-hmm. like he's going through all these things about injustice, and all he says, you know, I will not revoke the punishment because they have rejected the law of the Lord and have not kept His statutes. Mm. And I would just ask you right now, as a Christian, are 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 we keeping the statutes? Are you keeping the statutes of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously, there we're not perfect, and we're never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But look at what he does mm-hmm. for rejecting his statutes. He does to a nation. Mm-hmm. Look at what he promises. Look at how important the holiness of God is. Mm-hmm. Look how important this is to him. And so, I think this is like when you talked about the high places, sort of the good king, bad king thing in Judah. How easy it is to let things slide, mm-hmm. right? You're a good king. You can imagine all. You know, when you think about the the kings of Judah, you can imagine them the righteous king. They're like, hey, we're going to return to the temple worship we are gonna we are gonna return to the law of the lord and then people are like well do you want to take down the high places and like well you know people are gonna get angry if i take yeah. down the high places like, what, what good politician be, would do that right guys yeah. i mean like look at the yeah. end of the day like you know like i mean i trust god yeah to to have you know yeah. to have his sovereignty and we don't need to worry about the high places yeah right because like i don't need to actually like express that like this is unacceptable to god instead mm. i can sort of just poo poo it mm. and i would just say like um, like and it's, and he follows the thing about the statutes, but their lies have led them astray. Those after which their fathers walked, and there's so much tied up into that idol worship. But I would just ask us today: this is a warning. What lies do we listen to? Mm-hmm. What things do we let slide? Yeah. Because we don't take the holiness of God that seriously. Mm-hmm. We don't take Him that seriously. And I'm not saying He's gonna, you know, inspire the the um, Assyrians or the Babylonians to invade, uh, but. Like the the idea that there is not punishment, that there are not consequences for ignoring uh, the the law of God, ignoring the holiness of God for Christians, I think is also naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is a warning for every follower of God mm. to be like, you, you, you need to tighten up. You need to take this seriously. Mm. And I think that very much applies corporately. So it applies to us as a church. It applies to the church universal. It also applies to us individually. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm not saying we're not talking about a, a relationship with God where we're sort of, you know, if you do good stuff, he gives you good stuff. And if you do bad stuff, he does bad stuff. But like, if you consistently sort of like ignore part of the law of God, mm-hmm. you just, it's just something you're not really concerned about. It's just something you leave to the side. Like there, there's, God is not going to forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think especially corporately, that's a huge problem. And I think that if you look at, I know we talked about on Monday, sort of how people who are deconstructing, you know, kind of look at the example of the church and are like, well, look at, I mean, these pastors making a, a big profit or, you know, some of the scandals. 
Mm-hmm. And and what is the to me what is that what are the consequences? Well, if you look at so many of these stories about maybe you know Protestant churches that have gone wrong, you know part of the punishment is the the loss of the the loss of the ministry altogether, right? Mm-hmm. So all the good that was being done, all of the you know people who are being reached, it just disappears, and then mm-hmm. the destruction happens in their lives. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know how many people I've known who followed you know or really big fans of some of the the very popular leaders we've seen fall over the years mm-hmm. and now they're like i just don't know if i don't know if i believe this stuff because yeah. the, this the damage that was done was that they not only questioned this leader now they start questioning god you look at the scandals in the catholic church that have taken place over mm-hmm. the last couple of decades and look at what that's done to people's faith you know and, and not just people who were catholics but people were like how could christians yeah. let this stuff happen yeah and so i think this is just as as important of a word for today in that these things that you let slide, maybe the Assyrians are not going to come kick in your door and you know take your family away, but there will be consequences. There will be destruction that will be wrought in people's lives. And if you're really serious about who God is and you're really serious about his heart for people, then you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so you will, you know, you will pay attention to the will of God, to the heart of God, and 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 to his law and to his word and to his son. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, really in a way, the fundamental thing that we are judged by is how we respond to God. Yes. And so I I think like a couple misconceptions that, you know, we can live with there. There's kind of two misconceptions that I, I feel like I run into a lot. And one is that all sins are equal and invoke equal punishment. And I, I think that the Bible just flatly denies that. Like the Lord constantly talks about different degrees of judgment in the Old Testament and the New Testament. All sin falls short of God's glory. All sin merits, you know, separation from God. So mm-hmm. maybe in a sense you could like say that that's true, but like, you know, there's a ton of, a ton of passages talking about how like people who teach are held to a higher standard or, you know, that, you know, there's all these different passages and I'm about to get to one. And then I think that, past that misconception there's another one and this might be a little controversial but about like where sin actually apexes and i think that functionally uh i spent a lot of my life believing uh that you know kind of like the apex of sin was sexual perversion or like homosexuality or something Mm -hmm. and it's kind of this like easy pinata because it's very obvious it's very like blaring and it, it really diverts from like Christian values. But I think Matthew 11 really points us in a different direction. And this is right before the gentle and lowly passage where Jesus, you know, it's like the warmest passage of his ministry. Right before it is this section in the ESV, it's called Woe to Unrepentant Cities. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's we can't just take one or the other. But Jesus, he he begins to denounce, this is verse 20, he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he he addresses Capernaum where like the majority of his works had been done. He says, will you be exalted to heaven? You know, just because you're like adjacent to all this work of God, do you think that that's going to exalt you to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, which is like the paradigm of sexual perversion. Mm -hmm. 
in human history and in the Bible, if you know, that's it's like the place where we get the word. Like if you had been done, if these works had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it'll be more tolerable on the day of judgment for Sodom than for you. And that should be a huge warning to us Mm -hmm. in the American church that Jesus actually says here that a far greater sin and a far greater error than how the people of Sodom lived is to actually see Jesus, to see the works of God, to see the works of the Holy Spirit and to not be changed. And that in Amos 2 is what the people of Judah and tomorrow what the judgment on Israel that is basically the scope of it is I gave you a promised land. I gave you a, a temple. I gave you all this access and you did not follow me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that should just be a big, you know, a big warning to us. Like I think I would be a fool to assume that everyone who comes through the doors of Christ's covenant, everyone who listens to our daily rhythm lives in repentant submission to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a warning that, you know, hearing the words of God does not automatically save you. In fact, it can actually bring greater condemnation if you do not trust the blood. Now, the the great thing is that like, if you trust the blood of Jesus, there is no condemnation for mm-hmm. you. If you, if you let the kindness of the Lord lead you to repentance and you, you empty yourself, you weep over your sin and you trust that only your salvation can come from God, then you will be saved. So this is not some like, you know, marketplace, like you have to respond enough to be saved. But there is this response of faith that is, is very important. And that's what we see Judah and Israel lacked is that they thought just through adjacentness or through minimal religious activity that they would be saved. But it's no, even Abraham, he just believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. And it applied to Judah, it applied to Israel, and it applies to us today. So we ha- we have to not just think that being adjacent to or cognizant of the ways of God is good enough, but that we actually have to, we have to see the love of God in the blood and we have to trust that love and let it guide our lives. And that that is where salvation comes from. Amen. Amen. Well, it's only going to get spicier, Greg. So I hope you brought some milk and some white bread and saltine crackers. Only going to get a lot spicier tomorrow um, as we go to Israel. But until then, for Greg Conley, the beloved Capitol Hill man of Christ's covenant, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.